Amen. You can take your seats, please. Today is um, Good Friday. Turn to somebody and say to him, Thank God for Friday. You have read and heard the story. of how Jesus Christ was led to slaughter. But during this session in this house, we always have what we call Jesus Seminar. And the Lord instructed Christ with Tabernacle from the beginning about some ordinances, that is some convocations that we must have every year. The Lord Jesus told me that throughout the history of this church on earth, Christ Faith Tabernacle must have Jesus seminar during when you look into Jesus only. And we have done that now for 28 years. And then the Lord Jesus told me we must have Holy Ghost Convention where we look at the Holy Spirit only so that people can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, they can receive gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we have had this for 28 years. Of course, he told us to also do family clinic where we talk about marriage beginning from, um, you know, how do you seek for your future partner? To courtship, how, what is the, how does a Christian conduct courtship? To marriage, to raising godly children. And we do that. Now, for the past three days, we have been looking, interestingly, at two topics. On the fourth day, the theme of the whole of this week and next week to third is that man Jesus. And on the fourth day, we looked at the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. And yesterday, we looked at the liberty in Christ. I wanted to teach you about the, you know, operating in the mind of Christ today. But I would rather teach you further on the liberty in Christ Jesus. Because we could not finish it yesterday. Yes? So take your pen and paper, get ready to write. I think we have been sitting down for a while, isn't it? Is that correct? About 30 minutes they read all the stories. Shall we rise up together? Maybe you come back to your instrument. Do you feel like rising? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Check this frequency to the previous one. Translate this into the previous one so that I can hear something clear. I was hearing muffling in my other one. You know, a time like this is a time to dance, isn't it? Hello, somebody. Choir is not on the on the board. Because I see that people have been sitting down for about 30 minutes. And I want to teach you now. And I don't want you to go in the spirit beyond this atmosphere. Amen. 
I want to be, to be in the Spirit, but don't go into the Spirit. So that we can get your consciousness. Look at this, my angels. Everybody come out their weapon. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, you are my strength. Are you in the house? Do you believe that he is your strength? Yes. So now from our priest I will say, You are my Oh, 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 oh. 
preparing for my seventh year birthday. By the time I turn 70, I will release this one to the world. Hallelujah forevermore. I have many who will succeed me. <laughs> Amen forevermore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Satan is in trouble. My Lord. One of you should go and think about inventing a microphone that we can control by Bluetooth. 
So when the choir finish, I will press disappear. The microphone will just go. And that microphone will not need cable. So that if we... Maybe somebody there is trying to do one. <laughs> Can you take out what you just added now? Completely. Take it out completely. Yes, so that I don't have ambience. Absolutely. <laughs> Amen. All right. You know what is quite um, my deliberation with the Lord for the past two weeks? The Lord Jesus started discussing with me on my trip to Nigeria on this. Just last week, isn't it, we were in Nigeria? And I was discussing with uh, Pastor Gisele, we were together in the sitting room, talking, and then God interrupted our discussion. And He began to speak to me. But I could not give my full attention to the Lord's discussion. I was struggling, trying to answer Pastor Gisele when the Lord was speaking, and I was in discussion with the Lord. And then I said to Pastor Gisele that, look, I had enough. I'm hearing God, please. Let me go away. And so I went, and the Lord continued to speak to me. And what the Lord Jesus was speaking to me is so profound. The question is like, why are my, many of my children under the spell of the devil? And they said to me, I want to teach you what is a spell. How spell operates. And what my people should do so that Satan's spell will not operate in them. And then he began to explain to me what spell really is. Spell is a control over somebody's mind and actions such that his thoughts and actions are not his own. When a person is spelled, they send a spirit to control the thoughts of that person. And the thoughts of that person will bring forth actions. So that the thoughts of the person and the actions that he, he that is generated from that thinking is no more what he likes. And because of that, a lot of Christians take decisions and they do things which they regret all the time. But the real fact is that the life of a Christian is not supposed to be a life of defeat or regret. It still be a life of victory and victory and victory because the Bible tells us in the book of Corinthians 15 that thanks be to God, He always gives us victory. And when the Lord continued to discuss with me about this, I began to see very clearly that a lot of believers are suffering under the spell of the devil. We will talk about the spell. Sunday is first, isn't it? First, second, third, we will talk about that. So if you want to know about spell, on Sunday our meeting in the, for over, the victory night, we start at 6 because Sunday is uh, church day. So we do our, our morning service, we finish at 6, we will come in and do the victory night. And I will look into spell each night. And I will help you to understand also the operation of the mind of Christ. I will begin, because I will be teaching about spell, I will teach you about the mind of Christ on Sunday. 
and that will be available for those who are international viewers. But this time around, I want us to explore more about the liberty in Christ. In the book of Colossians chapter 1, which is our deliberation, let's go back into it, please. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. It says, He is the image of the invisible God. This is Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Now, we have explored this. This is talking about the supremacy of Christ over everything. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the church. The body, he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have supremacy or he must have preeminence. And verse 19 says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. That is verse 19. If we read verse 9 of chapter 2 of the same Colossians, verse 9 of chapter 2 says, For in Christ all the fullness of God dwells in the bodily form. Yes? Then go back to verse 19 of chapter 1. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And we can see this scripture as expressed more in chapter, uh, chapter 2 verse 9. That the fullness of God was in Jesus in the body. Yes? Come on now. That's the reason why Jesus could create while he was on earth. As God, he could do everything that the sovereign God does. Because he is God himself. In the flesh. Now, I take you through various um, reasoning to establish from this scripture that God is Christ and Christ is God. Which is a point that is quite very, very philosophical. But we look further, it says, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth, things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Can you see something I've seen in this scripture? This is interesting. What a mystery God, God is. For God was pleased to have all things well in Christ, in Him. Okay? And through Him to reconcile to Himself 
all things. That is to reconcile to Christ all things. And in the word Christ there, it is the word personifying God. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Now verse 21 says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusations. And this is what we explored yesterday. That God presented you to himself. Holy. Alright? Without blemish. Alright? And no accusations. Discharged and acquitted. Not only that, but restored. We looked so deeply into this yesterday. One of the reasons why many Christians are under satanic influence in all his various ways. When we look at that, you'll be shocked. It's because many believers don't know the Bible. They don't know the Word of God. Many Christians only accept what they hear from television or what they hear from pulpit. You are not supposed to do that. A Christian is supposed to listen on the pulpit and read the Bible yourself to make sure what the pulpit is saying is as it is written. If any minister cannot show you in the Bible or if any minister cannot, cannot show the scripture applicable to his reasoning, if you follow that reasoning, you will blame yourself for eternity. Are we together now? People form various reasons in their brain. How do we know the one that the Holy Spirit brought? It is by giving a scripture corresponding to the reasoning. Are we together now? Your destiny is about to be realized. I mean, if there is somebody here listening to me anywhere in the world, if you have been oppressed unnecessarily by man or demons, if you can listen to what I will share with you in just a few minutes, you will be free forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey. Tell somebody, I am holy. I am blameless. I am free from acquisition. <laughs> now, if you are holy and blameless, I am free from accusation. Because this is not because of your works, but because God decided to present you through the blood of Jesus Christ to himself. Yes? Made holy by the blood. Made blameless by the blood. And free from accusation. Now let me help you just a little slide into spell of the devil. Now whenever you have thoughts accusing you of your past, is it God who is speaking? Come and answer me. Come and answer me. Can the person who has acquitted you from accusation accuse you for the accusation that has acquitted you from? Hey, is that possible? So therefore, any time a thought comes to your mind that reminds you of your past, certainly if your eyes are open, you see the demon standing beside you just walking. 
So he's standing beside you right there, around you there, not from far distance. I think in teaching you about about spell of Satan, I will teach you about satanic governments. The government of Satan and his infantry. I will say the structure of the government of Satan and his operations, how the devil could operate everywhere in the world and position against every human being. I will show you, it's in the Bible, it's very clear. And those of us who came from a cultic background will agree with me. If you are a witch, you will agree with me. Are we together now? So no, there is no deception here. Therefore, if you are made holy by God, you are uh, without accusation and you are acquitted, blameless by God. Therefore, I will look into some few things that you need to recognize for you to be able to operate in the liberty in Christ Jesus. John, look Galatians 5.1. Let's read that first. Shall we read together? Stop, church. Let us read the word of the living God. That's what God says to you and I. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I love that scripture. I did not say it was for freedom. If it said it was for freedom, it means it is past. But it says it is for freedom, which means it's a continuous, endless freedom for those who believe in Christ. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, no longer to be subject to the yoke of slavery. So now, a Christian is set free from that scripture, isn't it? But let's look at the second phase of the scripture. The scripture also suggests that a Christian could be bound. Did you see that? Come on, church. It said, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Therefore, you are no longer supposed to subject yourself to yoke of slavery. So, when a Christian goes under yoke of the devil or slavery, it's because you gave your thoughts to the devil's thoughts. When you are under influence, of Satan, he influences your mind, and if you yield to the influence, you would see yourself derogating from God. And anytime you derogate from God, then the result you will get will not be according to the promise. Now write these things down. I will give you nine, <laughs> nine things that you need to write down. They will crush them quick because some of them I've, I've, I've thought about it yesterday. Now we want to look at nine things that the cross of Calvary did for you. You know, when they were doing the play now, 
Some of you were caught to your heart. It was very painful. Especially when you think about the human part. You know, when they just, the Bible talks about the story of Christ, many people didn't know that some people went to molest Mary. They did. They did. Evidence of that is that right at the crucifixion, they were molesting the disciples and saying that this man said he is God. If it is he is God, let him do something. Don't you understand? That tells you and I that after it, they even went further to go to the disciples and molest them. That You see, we told you all guys that this guy is not true. He's not genuine. Where is he now? Dead like any other man. To the place whereby some of the disciples doubted whether he could rise. And you can see the response of that to their response when Jesus rose again. That even someone asked him, physically show me the sign. Until he asked to say, put your hand in my hand. So they were heavily molested. Until they all went into a hiding place, you know, to hide themselves from molestations. Therefore, but I tell you at the end of the day, that Jesus rose from the grave. Hallelujah, somebody. The death of Jesus Christ, therefore, Jesus began by saying in John chapter 8, verse 31, to the Jews who have believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will hold, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Number one, a son of God, or a Christian, you may call, or a disciple of Christ, you may say, is free from sin. Because when Jesus says free, indeed, it means free from the path of sin. John chapter 8, verse 34 and 36. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. That is, everyone who sins, present continuous tense, an act, a conscious act of sinning. A sin practitioner. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family. So, Jesus here set a precedence that if anybody claims to be a child of God, you cannot continue to sin. Because if you continue to sin, you have no place in the family. Anyway, I would gather now. You can begin to understand when I talk about the spell of Satan. Whenever Christians go into the act of sinning, that is, they continue to do the same thing. Let me help you understand. I think yesterday we reflected on this. Blessed is the man who works on the counsel of the wicked. When somebody is born again, how can you find him in the counsel of the wicked? That is an influence. Now sit in the streets of scoffers. Somebody born again who you are a professional scoffer. Now you are born again, but you continue in scoffing. It cannot be of God. The moment you continue in that, though you have received salvation, but you deliberately cut off yourself from family, Jesus says so. Or stand in the way of sinners, or operate in pride, that what you think you have earned has come into your head, and you feel you are a class that is beyond your normal class. I would gather now. You know, when you do that, you are under the influence of Satan. Maybe you got distinction and then you feel that because you got distinction you are different from other people. You are not. Once you begin to do that, you come under the influence of Satan. Because you see somebody, let me help you understand. Try those of you who are youths. I can tell you that. Because some of my mates now on earth, all my mates are 
in various positions of power, they think. And strange enough, there are some, at the beginning, they are not very smart. And others, we are smarter than them, and they left them behind. But after some years, something happened. They became the ruler. They became the ruler. They are in higher position than those who were very smarter than them when they were just started. So if when you, you because you are a bit smarter or because you are a bit privileged and you are, you are earning probably a little bit more than others now, and something enters your head to make you feel you are a class that they are not, devil got you. It deceived you. Fifteen years time, you'll be shocked. You, you, will, you, will look for, you will look for an opportunity and they will tell you, you can get in this company. You open the door, the guy that you fighted is the chairperson there. And you will need that person. A child of God suddenly cannot do a thing like that. Anybody who is in pride is not, is not a child of God. If you were born again and you work in pride, then you lost in the family. Jesus said you have no place in the family. Okay? Or you go about backbiting, slandering people and stuff. You cut off yourself from the family. When you cut off yourself from God's family, you are a football of the devil. He can do anything he, he deserves. You know something? Somebody is employed, that's why you earn salary. You can go there tomorrow and they say, we don't want you anymore. You are the best. They say, we don't want you anymore. Oh, you said that that is, that is, that is, uh, that is unjust. And they tell you, go to court. You go to court, you fail. Because the glory has departed. Listen to me there. Jesus said, Anybody that is free, indeed, does not continue to sin. Now, anybody who continues to sin is a slave to sin. Then he said, now, a slave has no permanent place. I love that. In the family of God. But his son does. Then he went further to say, and he said, a son does, not just for a while, but forever. Then he went further to say, so, if the son set you free, you will be free indeed, as the son of God. So, the first benefit of salvation of Christ is that you are free indeed. Another scripture that you may add to that is Colossians chapter 1 verse 22. But now he, he, he has reconciled, uh, sorry, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. I have explained that to you. The next scripture is 1 John chapter 3 verse 9 to verse 10. No one born who is born of God will continue to sin. Look at this. Because God's seed remains in him and he cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. That is, he cannot go back to what he used to do and continue to do so. You cannot behave like somebody in the world who have not seen salvation. Why? Because anytime you want to think that way, the Holy Spirit in you will crush you. It won't permit you. 
A Christian can make a blunder. Maybe you are provoked and you said something and it was not right. And you, you know, you say, Lord, I'm so sorry. But you cannot continue in the act of sin. You cannot enjoy plotting sin. You cannot enjoy living a life of sin. You cannot find rest of peace because it's seed in you. If you come to church and you are reckless in your way and you can easily do all those stuff, it is because you are not born again here. You are just following them to church. This is the evidence of the scripture. Because that scripture says no one born of God will continue to sin. And the scripture that makes it absolute, the word that makes it absolute is the word will. That is the word that makes it legally absolute. And it says because God's seed remains in him, he cannot, that's another statement that I've made it legally binding and absolute, that it is irrevocable, cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know those who are children of God. In other words, anybody who loves to sin is not a child of God. And those of you who really are heavenly bound should be very careful with association of people like that. Those who are reckless must not determine what you do. You must, you must vehemently stand up against recklessness. So that the devil will not make you an accomplice. And the Bible says... This is how we know the children of God, who the children of God are, and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who goes, who does not do what is right, is not a child of God. Nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Hallelujah, somebody. Number two. You know we are going nine, nine point journey, yes? Can I hear yes from you, please? Uh-huh. Look at number two. A child of God or son of God or disciple is free from condemnation. You can never accept any accusation against you, against you, either accusation and condemnation of your father, of your forefathers, of yourself. Free from accusation. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 to verse 2. It says, therefore, there is no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ, because it, uh, through Christ Jesus, the law of spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. You cannot accept any condemnation because Colossians tells you you are free from condemnation. What you did in the past, you have repented of it, is gone. I have met people who they have some misfortune, they are sick, and some ministers told them that God is punishing them for what they did in the past. God don't do that for those who are born again. Because when you are born again, if you made a mistake, you immediately ask God for mercy, isn't it? And a child of God does not plot to sin and execute sin or plot. I will together now. You will not see a justice, or let me say you will seldom see a justice who would decide to go and steal in the shop? A justice of the Supreme Court. Hello? You call it kleptomania? Kleptomania knows his boundary. Yes. A justice of Supreme Court cannot be kleptomania because he's a justice of the Supreme Court. 
How will you find a judge of Supreme Court stealing in Marks and Spencer? Spencer. And then he took those things and he hid them. And then he got to the, to the door. An alarm broke open. You know what happened? The security will arrest that, that person. And the police will come and they will put handcuffs in him. Only to discover that he is the justice of the Supreme Court. Now, if he does not do that because of the law, he will do that because he's the justice of the Supreme Court. That is, he will not steal. Because it's unheard of. But even more than that is you and I. Jesus spoke about the fact that a person who continues to sin has a seed in him which is different from the seed of God. So which means that the seed in you and I determines our action. Now understand, spell then. Are we together now? You are free from condemnation. Don't let the devil bring back to your memory what you have done in the past. If you bring it, rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Number three, a child of God cannot be harmed by the devil. Satan cannot harm you. Look at the book of the book of First John, chapter five, verse eighteen. It says, "We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin," which is an affirmation of the previous one. The one who was born of God leads, keeps him safe. And the evil one cannot harm him. Did you see this now? But you see, these scriptures that God has given to us about those who are born of God, if you look at it, they are all conditional statements. Conditional statements in the fact that the promise is there, but the condition is there as well. I love this. He that is born of God does not continue to sin because the one born of God in him keeps him safe. And the evil one cannot. He says cannot. Alright? That makes it absolute. It is impossible. That's what he's saying. If Satan attack you and send anything against you, it is impossible for him to harm you unless there is a sin somewhere that you hold on. Yeah? When you see a Christian say, but why did this happen? Something you are holding on. It's not talking about a mistake you made and you repented, but an act that you... Let me help you know something. Maybe I shouldn't go into that now, because I want to cover some other things. But let me help you know. Let me, let me just give you a hint on this. You know, one of the, one of the, greatest, one of the most prolific... Uh, entrance of Satan is sexual intercourse. Anybody here was a wizard before? Or a witch or raise your hand? Or Mamiwata or anybody delivered from even if you are not delivered and you are here, you are part of them, stand up. Why are you laughing? Let me help you know this. There are two parts of human body by which you eat, mouth and your sexual organ. 
any occult listening to me here will say yes. And there are two major parts of you through which you can be poisoned. Your mouth and your sexual organ. If you eat poison with your mouth, you'll be poisoned. If you have intercourse with somebody who has venereal, you are most likely to get it. Spiritual. With your mouth you are condemned. With your mouth you are what? Justified. The same thing. The Bible says all sins are outside the body. But the sin of sexual immorality is into the body. And the Bible went on further in Corinthians to say that if you destroy this temple sexually, I will destroy God said. You don't think God speaks for joke? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. When we look into spell from tomorrow, you will see in the book of Numbers. When when Balaam went to Balak, and Balak went to Balaam and told Balaam to curse Israel. Balaam could not curse Israel. He tried three times. When he opens his mouth, he pronounced blessing. Because you cannot harm a child of God. Impossible. It is not possible for any Satan or demon or call to touch a child of God. It is just impossible to, have, to penetrate him. But, you know what Balaam now did? He called the king and the elders together and said to them, that, Look guys, the only way you can catch them, send some beautiful girls into their midst so that they will have sexual intercourse with them. Say, the moment they have sexual intercourse, leave the rest for us. Leave the rest for us. And those girls soon went into the midst of the church, which is happening today in in churches all over the place. People will mingle with you, you know, and they will also be charismatic, so honorable, distinguished, and beautiful and handsome, but they are messengers of Satan. To try to isolate you and kill you. Then they go for the next one. Isolate and kill. And the way they operate is so simple. It's spell. Control your mind. And spell comes by speeches. You know, telling you, you know, suggesting to your mind an opportunity to doubt what you had believed. And leave you to develop the rest of it. They only will suggest to you. And while you are developing it, they will be suggesting further to bring you to the place of folly. They are condemned forever and they know it. I have ministered to people who said to me that, look, you can't pray for me. I, I, I've decided to go to hell. No, 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 not in this world. Salvation of Jesus Christ is not for people like us. We made determination to go to hell. I met them. I we together. But when you see them, they look like human beings, but they are beasts. Like the beast that attacked the England show, they call it beast of Siberia. <laughs> beast of the devil. There are four, listen, there are four. A person who is a child of God does not continue to sin, and therefore he cannot be harmed. Number four, Jesus rescued you from the dominion of darkness. Because I told you that you cannot be harmed. Because Jesus rescued from the dominion of darkness. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 to verse 14. It says in chapter, chapter 1, Colossians 13, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son. He loves. In whom we have what? Redemption 
And what? Shall we read it together from verse 13? One to go. For he has... Please, don't miss for second thought. There are many things I want to tell you. You know, education is power. <laughs> Isn't it? Come on, come on, come on now. I said education is power. A, a lack of an information in your life can destroy all good things that you have worked for for years. Because you lack one information. Also, you may have achieved so much to be so prominent, to be so well placed. But because you lack one information, it seems as if you are nothing. Because somebody needs to help you to know where to go to get those things turning and turning into, into success. I would get it. Same thing with spiritual. <laughs> Same thing with spiritual. There are many questions going on in the mind of many who is listening to me. But the fact is that that's why I'm reading to you the balance of the scripture, the condition, and then the statement. Number four. You are rescued from the million of darkness. Number five. Jesus canceled every written code with his regulation that was against us. The cross of Calvary brought you rescue from the domination of Satan. Number five, the cross of Calvary canceled every written code with its regulations that was against us. And then number six, the cross of Calvary disturbed principalities and powers. And all this is in that Colossians chapter 1. If you read it from verse 11, it says, In him you were also circumcised in the, in the putting of, off of the old or sinful nature, not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, and raised with him through your faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. Now verse 13, when you were dead in your transgression and sins, in which you used to walk, on a when you were dead in your, in your transgressions, in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Shall we read verse 14 together? Having canceled the written code with its regulation that was against us and stood opposed, he took it away, nailing it on the cross. Then number 15, shall we read verse 15 together? And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Just click King James Version because of those who are fundamental Christians. Shall we read it together? And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now, you understand that in it there is talking about the cross. Go back to my NIV. 
I have taught you in these areas, but I want to help you understand the word, the legal words used in this statement. The, one, the first one says, having cancelled every written code, if you are not a legal person, you can have a little understanding about that statement and regulation. The fact is this, you see, let me use the European government. European Parliament will make a law together with the Council. Having the law been made and all of them have discussed it to the all levels, or like the Parliament of Britain, those who are in the MP, they will make a law. Okay? And after making the law, that law is not law until it is codified. Codification of law means there are law writers, they have an opinion and an intention which they have said. Then those who are the writers of the law will now codify. They will write in legal language what the intention of the parliament is. Okay? Until such is written, okay, there is no law. Because they only spoke. When it is codified, it is written, it becomes a law. Let me help you understand. Now, haven't they made the law? How will the law be implemented by council, by, you know, uh, uh, wills and, and, and uh, you know, all the rest of the arms of government and stuff? It is then they will now write out regulations and policies to enable to uh, implement the coded regulation, the coded law. That's what happens. So in the, in, the, in the parliament, you have the treaty, in the European, you have the treaty, then you have decisions, you have regulations, you have, uh, you know, um, uh, decision regulations, and then you have, uh, uh, <laughs> what do you call, uh, um, you have decisions, you have regulations, you have directives. Okay, and that is, the law itself is not understandable easily like that because it is subject to the interpretation of the Supreme Court or the ECJ. But when it's broken down into directives and regulation, then that is, that, that, the directive will give you a simpler understanding of the complicated word. Then it goes to the decision, they give you time to operate and execute it. Now, I am telling you this because I wanted you to understand something. The government of this world, as you have the judiciary, you have the legislature, you have the executives in the government of this world. So, in the government of Satan, you have the executive, you have the judiciary, and you have the legislators. Now, when Satan presides over his government globally, and he makes a law, or he looks at the laws of God in the Bible, that if you do this, then you are cut off from God, okay? And God said, I will punish you. Now, Satan will now write, how do we punish that person? Because it is the ravager that God created to work havoc. Okay? So, then we now have to decode it and then begin to write. Let me help you understand this. That is where the issue of generational curses came to the church, which is illegitimate and wrong. So you can see in the dispensation of Satan or in the, in the way Satan afflicts people that you will find in the, in the family, the first son of this family die. The first son of this family always die. The first son of this family always die. And then other people who 
give back the first son till we die. And some ignorance in the church have taken that to be applicable to those who are born again, whereas it is not. Alright, at the age of 42, in this family, somebody will have a cancer who is the second born or the first born and they die. And all stuff like that, and stuff like that, stuff like that. And then, if you look at the, 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 the spectrum, it is just so with everybody who is first born at the age of 42. But you see, the fact is this, it does not apply to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because the Bible says here... For those things to be executed, there are regulations, there are directives written by Satan, there are decisions written by Satan, just to enable demons to, 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 to implement the coded law. But Colossians says, you and I, according to that scripture, when it comes to you and I who are believing in Jesus, it says, heaven cancelled. And I don't want to see this one in just ordinary English. If you see it in ordinary English, you'll have understanding. But I'm talking about legal language now. If something has been cancelled, it means in law, it has been obsolete. Okay. It may still be in writing. Okay. It's not that they take it away from writing. Okay. But it's in writing, but it is obsolete. It has been revoked. And so, it is ineffective or unapplicable at all. Are we together now? Now, this is a fact. God did not cancel those regulations for everybody. God allowed the regulations to remain. But then God now defined a people by the blood of the Lamb and said, for this regulation and the codification of the laws of the legal system of Satan, it is applicable to everyone in the world. According to Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 3, we'll look at that in the week. But for anybody who has come under the blood of the Lamb, by the cross of Jesus, it has been cancelled. It has been made obsolete. Though you can read it, it is not effective. Though you can want to act upon it, but there is no power for you to act upon it. Because when it comes to the territory of those who have been born again, if you apply it to them, it will not work. You can apply it to those who are not born again. You can kill them. Their first one may be having the problem, and every small child can die at 40. But when it comes to the essence of God, it has been what cancelled. That is the scripture. That is scripture. I cannot, as a foolish man and an ordinary citizen of the household of faith, accept that when God says, heaven cancelled, it means he did not cancel it for everybody in the church. I can't understand that. I cannot understand that. But now that I'm a law person, it even makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. That people don't understand who are ministers that they will stand before the judge of the heavens and the earth. One day, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 applies. Let me help you understand something. The Bible does not say, and he will cancel. No, he says, heaven cancel, made up for it. Impossible for it to work if you are a child of God. Second thing he said, heaven disarm. It means that if the devil uses a weapon to everybody, when it comes to a Christian and he uses the same weapon, it is ineffective, it is obsolete. The weapon is there, but it cannot work. It's there, but it cannot work. 
Is it not written concerning you, they will come against you in one way, and they will flee in some direction? It says, I will make those who come against you to fall before you come on now. In Isaiah 54, verse, verse uh, 15, did it not say also that, it, it, it says, I'm the one who forges the weapons of the, of the destroyer to work havoc, and it says, no weapon of his body against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. This is the inheritance of those who love me, says the Lord, and they are vindicated from. Read those scriptures from the legal mind. His reward, then his vindication. And yet somebody will tell me that a Christian needs deliverance. He must be very mad, really. When the one who started Christianity said, if the Son therefore make you free, you are free indeed. When the one who, who was the one who gave Christianity said, it was for freedom that Christ set you free. He didn't say that pastor set you free. Christ set you free. And then he said, no longer to be subject to the yoke of slavery that pastor bring unto you. Together with witches and wizards. Are we getting something? You know, I teach you the word of God to help you understand the integrity behind it. This is the heart of Paul when he teaches the word. So that people can know the mystery, okay, simplify. That an ordinary man can understand the mystery that is codified. Come on now. Hello? I've given you six. How many more? Don't worry. Nobody's hungry here. Except me. Number seven. We're talking about the things that the cross earned you. The liberty, the death of Christ. When you think, think about the sorrow and the pain, then celebrate the victory. He died, but he did not rot in the grave. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Number 7, a disciple of Jesus Christ or a son of God is free from curses. Curses. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written... Curse is everyone that hung on the tree. So Jesus Christ took your curse and my curse. Hello? So wherever you hear people say redemption of firstborn, ask them, which of the firstborn? Is it the firstborn of God or the firstborn of man? <laughs> Jesus redeemed you from the curse of the Lord. What firstborn are you redeeming? He became the curse on your behalf. It says, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we may receive the promised Holy Spirit. This scripture suggests to me that anybody who received the Holy Spirit has been redeemed from the curse. 
It suggests to me that anybody that the Holy Spirit lives in him, he's not talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit now. Because nobody can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus resurrected, he said to his disciples, he breathed in them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, they receive the Holy Spirit. Then their eyes open and say, oh, you are the Lord. It is the receiving of the Holy Spirit that opens the heart of man to acknowledge the salvation of Christ. Okay. And Jesus, the Bible says here, Paul said, if you have received the Holy Spirit, you cannot be cursed. Because he redeemed us from curse so that Holy Spirit can come. Holy Spirit cannot come upon a person who is under curse. Do we agree with that statement? Come on now, let's talk. Hey, do we agree with that statement? Let's read the two verses together so that we want to go. Christ. that a Christian cannot be a failure. Impossible. Because Abraham was not a failure. Yeah? He redeemed us so that the blessings of Abraham can become yours for free. Hello? And he said to Abraham, I will bless you. Genesis chapter 12. He said, I will make you, into, I will make you a blessing. Let me help you understand this. You are blessed. I say, you are blessed. And then you are a blessing. <laughs> Not to one person, but to nations. I was discussing with some people before I came out now that God is sorting out the economy of nations, all right, and, and share things and wait all over the whole place. Same thing with government and authority. This is the time Christians should, we should, we should penetrate the crater, okay? And in a short time, what we, what we begin today will become PLCs. Sometimes we talk about that. Whenever the economy of the world rambles round to calm down, somebody, some people will rise up and set up institutions like IKEA. Check those out. Just immediately after the war, things began to come up. Some people use that opportunity and they move. And they are the ones whose organizations today are PLCs. Either the First World War, Second World War. Think new things are bad. Okay. In our country, United Kingdom, well, a cycle has come. We are Brexit. Oh, wow. We Brexit. Mm. And everybody is looking at this cloud. Where is it going to fall? Where is it going to fall? Where is it going to fall? Everybody is confused. Labour Party is confused. Uh, um, uh, conservative because is confused. Liberal Democrat is confused. And those who are not liberal, they are confused. Everybody is confused. Hello? But you know something? This is the time you and I can penetrate it and set up orders that will redeem the time and it will become PLCs in the future. I'm going to share with you how we penetrate it. Easy. Does it. Hello? You have the Holy Spirit, don't you? Uh-huh. You know, they, somebody showed me a representation of lawyers. Two people who are fighting, and they have this picture of a cow, and two people who are fighting over the cow. And the lawyer will talk to the one on the right, 
And then we talk to the one on the left, and they both are fighting, it's my cow, it's my cow. And while they were fighting, the lawyer bent down and started milking the cow. And they keep on fighting, he was milking the cow, hallelujah. And they were fighting, he was milking the cow, amen. Uh, uh, am I not saying something now here? Before the two people recognized that instead of fighting with one another, we could share the milk, the lawyer is full of, of course. Then he can now say to them that, you know, a good arbitration, you know, you guys, you can't kill this cow. You know, I've been milking the cow now for a while. Why don't you take a share? <laughs> and then, oh yeah, instead of fighting for years, both of us, we have, we have got money. The guy is milking, milking the cow. Let's share the cow. So we become three parties sharing. Hallelujah. Instead of Christian money. Ah, this government is bad. This government is terrible. We are going to Brexit. No, we are not going to Brexit. We are coming back to Brexit. We are going to America. We are going to Russia. We are go- Why they are fighting all that? You sit down and say, Lord, where is the money? <laughs> if there is scarcity in the country, there must be supply somewhere. Oh, well. If currently we, are, we import from the from, uh, 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 Republic of Ireland 50% of our beef, uh, and they take fifty percent of our groceries, or vice versa. What about if we Brexit and then we can't they shut the door? Can I not become a, a meat seller? Where can I get beef for Britain, and I can go to Singapore and begin to arrange for beef? Because there will be a time of scarcity. There will be a time of rumbling before solution will come. Before everybody wake up to the right mind, I've made my money. Where can I get groceries to supply? Uh, Ireland, what about if Britain stops supplying them the grocery? All what Britain is supplying to Europe. All what Europe is supplying to Britain. What about if both of them disagree on the, on the, uh, the uh, in a year's time they said, and then they are not supplying themselves because one will not accept what the other one's condition is saying? Come on now, believers can make money there. Do you know why? I'm talking about Abraham's blessing is yours. Abraham went to the Canaan. Canaan was famished, and Abraham went to Egypt. He came back with blessing. Hallelujah. When there is famine in Canaan, there is always a surplus in Egypt. Go check it in the Bible. I'm not talking about Egypt's country, so that somebody will go to uh, <laughs> Egypt from the pyramid looking for money. I'm not talking about that. There's always a place of abundance when there is scarcity and famine. By the Spirit of God, you get it. One of the reasons why Jesus delivered us from curse is so that no one can curse us. He said, whoever curses you to Abraham, I will curse. Whoever blesses you, I will bless. If somebody curses a Christian, do you need to break it? No, leave it alone. Hallelujah. Somebody cursed you, God said, I will curse the person. So if somebody cursed you and you think you have to go and pray to break it, it's because you don't understand that God already had taken the curse. Jesus took the curse. I was being crusaded among wicked people in Nigeria, in a place called Ijebu. When all their big occult were standing, I, I begged them to curse me. They were looking like me like, like, like that. I said, I heard that you people, you are the king curser. Of all the haters of Satan, the tribe that inherited the most powerful curse ability is Ijebu. Yes. I said, curse me or curse anybody among those who are with me. Curse them. Kill somebody. Let me know. Let me see that you, are, you, you have power. They were checking like this. Why? Because God, Jesus was doing up on curse of the law that the blessing of Abraham will come upon us. 
And the blessing of Abraham says, whoever blesses you, you will be blessed. Whoever curses you, will be cursed. The blessing of Abraham says, you will be blessed in the city, you will be blessed in the country. The blessing of Abraham says, I will bless you so much more that you will be a blessing. And through you, nations will get solution. This is the blessing of Abraham. So if Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law, so that the blessing of Abraham can come upon us, you think about it now. Think about it now. Number eight, a disciple is an overcomer. A disciple of Christ overcomes the world. Here's what Good Friday is all about. 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Then 1 John, sorry, 1 John 5, 4, I read to you. Then 1 John 5, 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves the child as well. And this tells you nobody can say they believe in God and they don't believe in Jesus. That God is not the God of Christians. Hello? Because anybody who loves God, the God of Christians, they must love his son and recognize that it is his son, Jesus Christ. 1 John 3, 7 to 10. No one who is born of God continues to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does, who does not love his brother. The final straw. A son of God is led by the Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit leads you, you are not conscious of it. It will look like your thoughts. But it's the Holy Spirit. That every Christian got it. But the leading of the Holy Spirit can go to new seeing vision, to you hearing the voice of God. I will together. You are led by the Spirit. Look at what it says here. Romans chapter 8 verse 12 to 14. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature, to live according to it. A Christian must not live according to the sinful nature. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeed of this body, you will live. Come on now. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Sons of God. And this is talking about, not just in your heart, it's talking about when you are led by the Holy Spirit in doing things, you will be led by the Holy Spirit against sin. Are we together now? The Holy Spirit will lead you against sin. But then the Holy Spirit can lead you in your life. And what the Holy Spirit leads you in your life, okay, will be in line with the Word of God. Let me crack a joke, because I'm about to finish and pray for you. 
I was served by the ladies who were serving me one day. And then the Holy Spirit showed me. I went to, to the lady, one, of, one of them to come and support them in doing my tea. Ah, no, Apostle, you can't come and share. This is for you. We are preparing this, the tea for you here. I said, yes, I want to work with you. At least if you do me tea, I too can do you tea. There is no offense in it. Isn't it? You serve me all this time. I want to serve you. you, you sit down and, and drink. I want to join you. Do my tea. Okay? I didn't know why the Holy Spirit made me go there. I just felt the prompting to go there. And I went there. Ah, and I saw a child in one of them. The son that you give birth to. I said, ah, congratulations. Of what? Of the child coming. I'm not pregnant. Let's see whether it is I. Who was pregnant? Hello? And she walked away from me. Short while, report came to me she was vomiting. And they told me that she was vomiting. I said, so leave her alone. She's not pregnant. <laughs> Somebody came to serve me a few days ago. And as he was serving me, I, I saw behind, when she moved this way, a man was following her. She went to the other side of the house, and a man was following her. So she came back to me and said, come here. Who is that man behind you? She looked back. I said, darling, who is that man? <laughs> and I said, come on, let's go and talk. And she told me, yes, yes, that is a man who is been, uh, he's been trying. He's, uh, hallelujah. He's been trying, he's been trying. <laughs> and I said, okay, now let's use a different goggle to look at the man. I'm talking about Holy Spirit leading you. Holy Spirit leading you. The greatest asset a Christian has is the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. And what God is saying to you and I is that we need to let him work. One, staying away from sin. Every time Satan tempts you to sin, say no. Everybody is tempted. I am tempted. You are tempted. Jesus was tempted. Adam was tempted. Who was made perfect with the hand of God. Adam didn't say no because of the influence of a woman. Yeah? But Jesus said no. Apostles said no. You and I can say no. The more you, co- you cooperate with the Holy Spirit inside you, He will tell you things. Did I not tell you how He told me exam questions? Exam questions. And I got distinction. I got distinction because God did a juro. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I read oh. I read Gideon. <laughs> you don't understand what I, I just spoke in tongues. I read. I read because I want to know everything that they teach me. But by reading a lot, you can't know the questions that will come in the in the in the exam. You read a lot. I read a lot. I read because so that people can ask me that. How ah, you say that you are a surveyor? Okay, this is the problem we have in surveying. I will quickly start talking. 
And what I say, you don't have to argue. It is so. Hey, I read law. And I say, ah, you are doing law. Okay, now, this is a question for you. I must be able to answer that person and go and investigate anywhere. That's what you find. So that's why I read. But then about examination, those who, sit, who, who write exam, they are not writing exam for you because you want to practice. They want to write an exam for you because they want to test whether you can pass what they are asking. What they are asking may be the same. Many times you read so much of what they ask is the simplest and you overlook those ones. Yes? It happens a lot. It happens a lot. But for me, I read with the Holy Spirit. As I read Bible and it tells me what to teach, I read the academics and it tells me what to teach. The same principle he established for me to know mystery of the Bible, that principle I apply when I read the books of man. Man writes it, man reads it, man passes. This book of the law must not depart from your mouth. Either the law of God or the law of parliament. Hallelujah, same principle. Or the law of activities principle. Or law, the law of Pythagoras theory. Whatever you may call it. This book of the law must not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate upon it day and night. So I read one verse, one page in Bible several times before I understand it. So I read so my law. I will memorize it and I'll be driving and I'll be regurgitating it. Hallelujah from your mouth. Regurgitating it from your mouth. Holy Spirit now see that you are doing that. You say, okay, look at this one, write it down. It will come in the exam. Yes, sir. Look at this, write it down. Come in the exam. Yes, sir. Look at this, it will come in the exam. But I have to fail first for me to wake up and get to this. When I failed and I went to God that I'm not supposed to fail. And whose, whose fault is for you to fail? You didn't manage your tongue, God said. You see, when you are supposed to read, maybe you are sleeping. Maybe somebody phoned you and you left the book. You are concentrating telephone rang. You pick telephone. Which one is the, is the priority? The telephone, if they didn't get you, will you not get them later? But this time you have a revelation, leave it, and then you go back to zero. You come back, you cannot remember what you are even developing. When God began to help me understand all these ways that our times are wasted, our concentration is destroyed, that we're, we're all intelligent, all of us are geniuses. God don't, God don't create a useless brain. It's a part of God that is in your head. But the discipline of God is what God uses. So when I got that, I said, okay, when I'm studying either Bible or book, if anybody calls me, I will not answer. When I finish, I go back to all my calls and I answer it. If I'm reading, therefore, I will not think of some problem. Because that problem is not the problem. The problem now is for my head to understand this. Okay? When I finish that, then I go to the problem. Alright? That is the principle of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit directs you. Holy Spirit instructs you. He guides you. Sometimes when we even use our own human brain to try to do something, which He allows us to do, because we are human beings. If the decision is not in line with God's will, He stops you. One step to take it, something will be happening. It will cause something to happen. And say, ah, I miss it. Only for you to know that it will have been a disaster. Thereafter. Therefore, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. He made a public show of them, triumphing over them by the cross. 
having cancelled every written code and all his regulation that stands against us and are opposed to us, he nailed them on the cross. And having the same principles and powers, he made a public spectacle or shield of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free no longer to be subject to yoke of what? Of slavery. And in John 8.31, he says that to the Jews who have believed in him, Jesus said, If you continue in me, that is in my truth, and you will know the truth, and the truth that you know will what? Set you free. Stand up on your feet. We are going to lift up our voice to God and thank God for the victory that we receive from the cross of Calvary. Shall we begin to pray, pray, or thank? Give God thanks. Something greater is about to happen to you after this meeting. Something magnanimous will happen to you after this meeting. Thank God for the Holy Spirit of God. Thank God for the gift of faith. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His dominion. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Now begin to declare victory in every aspect of your life. Thanks be to God who always gives us victory. If there is any contention against you, now begin to speak, Lord, I declare victory over this issue of my life. I declare victory over my life in my marital life. I declare victory over my life in my professional life. If you have contention in your office, some guys rise against you, begin to declare it is written, those who rise against me shall fall because of me. I declare victory over this issue. I declare victory, begin to declare Abraham's blessings are yours. Jesus redeemed from the curse of the law, so that the blessing of Abraham may be, uh, may be yours who believe. You cannot be cursed. Begin to make declaration in the name of Jesus. Command your soul to become strong. If Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. There is a future for you. Thank God for the victory of Jesus. Begin to decree the victory of Jesus in every area of your life. Something great is happening to you after this meeting.
for your children. Command the years the locusts have eaten in your life to be restored right now. The Bible says the wicked one cannot touch you. He that is born of God overcome the world, and the wicked one cannot harm him. Begin to decree against all harm of the enemy. All fingers of Satan. Decree against them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Declare victory over every battle. Every battle of your life, command them to come to an end. A victorious end. Jesus did not only die and resurrect, he's interceding for his saints above. Your time on earth has come. Those who are born of God are led by the Holy Spirit. Begin to tell the Holy Spirit to lead you all your life. By dreams, by vision, the Holy Spirit will lead you to the truth. Tell the Lord, let me, let me see. It's a new dispensation for me. This is the first overcomer's night after our anniversary. It is the beginning of the 12 rounds of overcomers. Tell the Lord, open my eyes, Holy Spirit. Guard my vision. Guard my understanding. Guard my steps. Give me right ideas, good ideas that will turn my life around. Holy Spirit of God, help me. I surrender my mind to you. I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my body to you, Holy Spirit of God. Those who are led by the Spirit, give me, give me strength to stop sinning. Strength to obey you only. Strength to overcome the deception of the devil. Holy Spirit of God, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Hey, lead me, Holy Spirit of God. Father, Lord, I pray thee, I pray thee, let me see victory all around me. If you have been in battle, tonight is your night of victory. Begin to call forth victory from heaven. He says, this is your vindication from me. Tell God, vindicate me of my adversaries. Vindicate me of my adversaries. This is your vindication from me, says the Lord. Vindicate me, O God. Lord, I thank you. Now begin to bless the name of Jesus. Begin to bless the name of the Lord. Thank God for the victory of Christ. No weapon forged against me will prosper. In every battle of my life, I will end up in victory. It may still confuse him, but direction will come for me. It may seem that darkness covers me, but light shall shine for me. God never come too late. A new dispensation has come upon you. In this new month that you are going into, you will laugh. God will put a laughter in your mouth. 
the hand of God will strike upon your family. He will put everything in order. What the devil has told us shall be restored. The month of April is the first month of the, of, 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 of the Jews. From March to April, glory from heaven will come upon you. There will be transformation. God will illuminate your heart and mind. He will visit you in the night, give you visions and directions. He will bring you provision that will bring your dream to manifestation. The Lord will pass through your body right now. He is making your body heal. Your nerves have been healed. Organs have been changed. Your liver, your kidney. You are receiving brand new one now by the power of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. You are receiving strength and health in your body. We worship you, our God and King. We worship you, Jehovah. Thank you, our God and King. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfectly a great high priest whose name is God, whoever lives and
Praise the Lord. Well, let's be seated as we prepare for our offering tonight. Tonight is Overcomers Night Vigil. And the offering we take tonight is set aside for the Voice of Hope Media. (laughs) 